Hello, it's Rob Herman, and welcome to the Greece Financial Partners podcast series. I'm here with our Chief Investment Officer, Ken Brodkowitz, who is uh, coming back from meetings. So at an airport, you may hear some background noise. But today we're talking about the news of the Silicon Valley bank failure, and we want to talk about related market implications. Silicon Valley Bank catered to the venture capital community, early stage investing in tech in particular. And today it was taken over by the government given the run on deposits. So first, Ken, let's talk a little bit about the failure and the related impact on public markets, and in particular, the financial services sector. Uh, why don't we start there, and then we'll move on to the private markets. Yeah, so first, in terms of what happened, Silicon Valley Bank, because they've been losing deposits, and they've been losing deposits for a couple of reasons. One, because interest rates are so high. Uh, depositors are leaving their checking and savings accounts and going to higher-yielding treasury bills, CDs, and the like. That's one. Two, Silicon Valley Bank is very different than almost every other bank. They cater almost exclusively to the venture capital industry. As we all know, venture capital has had a very rough go after the year, year and a half, and they've drawn down their cash balances significantly. So essentially, Silicon Valley Bank had fewer deposits and because of that, they had to start selling off some of their securities that were essentially match-funded. So they announced the other day that they sold $21 billion of securities. And because interest rates are up so much, they've taken about a $1.8 billion loss. They also said at the same time they were trying to raise equity to shore up their balance sheet. This essentially created a run on the bank. So almost every company that we know of, and we've checked in with a bunch today, have left Silicon Valley Bank if they had an account there. So it's a good old-fashioned run on the bank. As Rob suggested, the FDIC is now in control of it. And that's essentially what happened. That has caused contagion in the whole banking sector in general. Specifically, the small and mid-cap regional financials really were down a lot yesterday and down significantly more today because there's a fear of um, basically a run on the bank on those as well. More encouragingly, the large-cap money center banks closed way off their lows today, and Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan were actually up. So we do not think this is a systemic event. It is definitely damaging, you know, specifically for Silicon Valley Bank and their, and their clients. I would suspect that we will see something Sunday night from some of the regulators assuring the markets that other banks that are essentially healthy banks, they will backstop if they need to in the short term to prevent a run on the bank. But, you know, not a great event that happened and lots of reasons why it happened, as we've discussed. And uh, why don't we go to the next question, Rob? Great. And, and to your point, Ken, in terms of it spreading throughout the financial services sector initially, somewhat of a knee-jerk reaction, as you mentioned, the money center banks and the like with more diversified revenue streams are less impacted. And as you pointed out, some were actually um, well off their lows and, and even up. So let's move on next to, um, as it relates to the Greece Financial Partners approach, um, looking at the private markets in a very specific way from a risk-return perspective. Let's look at the impact on private markets and more specifically how we view uh, in this context for venture capital debt versus what we tend to look at, which is later stage private top tier operators, thinking about it from the perspective of the kinds of things we invest in in the private markets. How do you view the impact of Silicon Valley Bank and in that context? Yeah, it's a, it's a good point that you make. We really haven't done any venture capital debt as of yet. 
most of the private credit and private debt we've done has been on the private equity side, which are generally more mature companies with a little bit better cash flows and the like. I don't want to give the suggestion that they're very mature companies, but they're certainly, by and large, not early stage venture capital. So we don't expect there to be a tremendous amount of direct exposure. There will be some indirect exposure in the fact that there are a lot of companies that have banking relationships with Silicon Valley Bank for credit lines, warehouses, and that sort of stuff. And I would suspect, you know, we've checked in with a lot of our a lot of our funds today. Some have gotten back to us at this point. Some haven't. The, the top tier operators, and this is why we use top tier operators, they have suggested as early as yesterday and even in the morning today for all their customers to basically take their balances out of Silicon Valley Bank. So there may be a, a little bit of exposure here and there, uh, but in general, we think it's going to be very, very muted. And, you know, for a lot of our funds that actually have undrawn capital, this could provide an opportunity because, you know, who knows what happens with Silicon Valley's loans. You know, maybe they go to market at, at cheap discounts and some of our operators can pick them up, you know, well below net asset value. So there'll be a little bit of little bit of impact, but we think over the long term, it'll be ex- extremely minimal to none. Thank you, Ken. And, and to your point, you know, perhaps also some ability with dry powder to be opportunistic as well. Um, last question. Uh, we try to keep these these podcasts short and to the point um, and, and provide some context to clients and friends of the firm. But you alluded to this, per, perhaps some intervention, just kind of coming back to the impact on the Fed moving forward. The Fed has, of course, um, with recent actions, been front and center in terms of market impact. What do you see as the next steps from a Fed perspective? Yeah, it's interesting because typically the rule is the Fed will keep tightening till something breaks. Well, something broke, right? We had silver silver capital, you know, on the crypto side, which is, you know, very minimal in, in the scheme of things. Silicon Valley Bank was the 16th biggest bank in the U.S. So this is, this is somewhat meaningful. I do think at the margin, you know, if they were thinking 50 basis points at the next meeting, in my opinion, it's more likely to be 25 now. And if you look at the Fed Fund's futures, the probability of a 50 basis point hike has gone down. This financial conditions have tightened materially because of this event. So it's doing a little bit of the work of the Fed for them. So, you know, that's not necessarily a positive, but, you know, clearly if the Fed can get financial conditions tighter, you know, then they, then they will need to raise rates a little bit less. Just one last point to, to make sure, you know, to calm people a little bit before the weekend. This is not the global financial crisis. Our, our money center banks are in fantastic shape. Their tier one ratios are over 12% on average. And, you know, there's, there's going to be no long-term systemic effect from this. There will be certain banks that are a little bit damaged, but the system overall, because of uh, all the excesses of capital and the like, will, will be just fine. Thanks, Ken. That's great context. Uh, and we'll, we'll stop there. As always, uh, if you have questions, please reach out to your client advisor or to Ken or anyone on the investment team. We, uh, we want to talk through issues of the day with this podcast series, but also answer any related questions. Again, this is the GFP podcast series uh, for clients and friends of the firm. We look forward to talking to you soon. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you.